0: want you to be able to pair our beer with food. Essentially, it's always been about combining our interest. And the the longer I've known Kevin, the the more I've become interested in food. and, And now it's just an adventure.
1: All right, so I'm here
0: with the gentlemen, Dale and Nick Butler from limelight brewing? Indeed. Limelight. <laughs> there, was a, there was a while where uh, I came up with the term Cinebrow because we were trying to really um, connect my father and I's uh, commonalities, which you get to know us, we're pretty different people. Okay. And it was always movies and beer that kind of brought us together. And when we both got out of the military, my dad retired uh, from his service and I was an Air Force Academy grad. And when I finished up, my obligation... And was going into graduate school for film studies. I had some time off in the summer, and my dad and I put our heads together and we were like, "We really want to pursue brewing." Yeah uh, I know that my dad had a had a system, and I had really been into to brewing since we had lived in in Germany and once we got that opportunity during the summer to break out the brewing kit and just sort of see what we could do, um, it, it was really fun to to have that space for, for being with my dad and working on something yeah, that yeah. we it's were a, both energy. It's a cool
2: by. hobby and it turned into a craft kind of, yeah. you know. Uh it's it's cool to do something that people like. Right. And never had anybody show up uh to drink some beer that had a bad time. Right. So you <laughs> sure, know damn it, it, this, yeah, it kinda grew from that. It was fun <laughs> yeah. it was a fun thing to do and I did it for a lot of years, really, off and on. But uh yeah, when the concept when Nick came up with the concept it just kind of really, you know, caught me yeah. and I thought yeah we can do that were you in the beer before like were you in the craft beer oh yeah uh, yeah yeah, okay. yeah yeah into craft beer uh, like you said in Germany we, we had a lot of local craft beer places and and like off and on while I was in the military depending on where I was you know we'd set up and do some home brewing um, and, and, you know, that grows, uh, it's like I say, it starts out as a hobby, but then you really start getting into it Yeah. and there's as much science and, and, uh, art there as you'd ever want. I mean, as much, as much as you can stand of either one really. Yeah. And, uh, the more we got into it and, and the better the beer got really. Yeah. I mean, we start and, and relatives and everybody started saying, man, you guys really need to do this. Yeah. And, and to me that was like, yeah, this is what I've been looking for, you know? Um always always in my whole life I've been a mechanic basically you know fixing stuff that other people broke and that that gets old <laughs> Mick, I mean that, Mick, now it's re-breaking yeah, beers yeah, and him people, fixing it you know people have no respect for <laughs> for equipment and uh, you just you're just a guy that gets to fix it but but having a craft and something that people love like uh, when you talk to chef it'll it'll be about you know the, the preparation of, of all these awesome ingredients and uh and the more I'm around that especially you know I had no idea well, you know, the artistic and the craftsmanship that, that that comes with all of this. And it's really, it's, it's opened my mind up. Yeah. And uh, I'm really thrilled to be involved in any way, to be honest with you.
1: How long, How when did you guys start? Like, when did you guys start
0: brewing together? Uh, it was the summer of 2008. Okay. Gotcha. And what, did you remember what your first beer was? Oh, it's uh, kind of funny because we were, you know, everybody like early on, in beer, the sort of gateway thing becomes the imperial stout, right? Because oh, that's gotcha. everybody's palate is like, oh, I like sweet, and, and I like that that bitter note. Everybody's really into these huge beers, you know. That kind of gets them away from what they've been drinking from like, the macro level early on. Yeah. And so we knew that we were gonna do some sort of imperial stout, and we're in Michigan at the time, and it's it's blueberry season, and I think it was like so obnoxious because i was like we've got to put like fresh uh you know maple syrup in here we've got to go like Like hand pick some blueberries you know it's (laughs) like yes this is gonna be an incredible beer right off the top yeah and my dad's like all right well here's how we can try and do that and this is like batch one you know from uh the the time where we had kind of gotten the idea to to work on it together and this beer just blew up in the garage. Like, literally. Just, like like. <laughs> literally.
2: Blew the top off the fermenter ah. all over my toolbox and there. I mean, it was a big mess
1: goes it to that to that theme of you you fixing shit that other people break, right?
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we were like blanching the, the blueberries and it's just like scalding hot and I'm there in gloves. It's just like,
2: oh, this is so painful. Why are we doing this to ourselves?
0: And the next day just to see it exploded all over the uh, walls. You know, like blueberries yeah. are one of the hardest things to, uh, to clean up. But it's yeah. just such a you know a comical thing to to be going from, you know, your idea of what's going to come out to Really, from a technical level, figuring out how you can actually achieve that. And there has to be some trial and error. You you can go in and theoretically figure things out. I know that a lot of brewers approach things in in different ways. You see somebody who's an incredible technician like Dustin, seeing his process scientifically, how at every moment he's monitoring levels, and he's so scientific about it. It's really inspiring to say, like, okay, that that's possible. There are people in the industry that are that exacting, and we want to get to that level someday. Uh, Technician what we're trying is the to, right word, too. Yeah, what we're trying to do is make an idea come into reality. And I think that's inspiring for everyone is that process of creation, right? Right, yeah. That you're not going to get it from the, the first time, but being inspired by the process yeah. is what's going to really, like, separate you from somebody who's just a hobbyist to somebody who can... No, hopefully make it professionally to to be sustainable in that way.
2: Yeah,
1: I think that's true for a lot of things, though, right? I mean, I think you have to enjoy the process to to really excel at, at a lot of things, right? You know, because, you know,
2: it's interesting to me, and every time I brew or, or see somebody else brew. I, I always think back to a time, and it was a lot of time, when they had no idea what was going on with brewing. Yeah. It just happened. Right. And they started taking some notes and, and you know, getting the process down a little bit, but they had no idea scientifically what was going on with that. Yeah, And that just, you know, that to me is is really interesting. And the fact that nowadays, I mean, there's nothing that happens that isn't understood, you know, and documented. So, like I say, there's as much, you know, art and science as you want to put into this industry. And and that really draws me into it. Yeah. What happened? Like, was there anything that happened?
1: I mean, I know you guys are, you said people were coming over, drinking the beer and saying, you guys got to do something with this. Was there something that, that specifically you guys remember that it's like, okay, you know what? Let's take that next step.
2: Well, well, we really nailed our first IPA and we're still using the same recipe. And uh and just about everybody. I mean, I mean that, that we couldn't keep that beer around. Yeah. I mean, it was really that good and uh that I think that was to me. I, I remember people coming up to me after they were drinking that and saying, "This is, you know, this is insane. You guys need to be to be making this." And uh, I think that was for me the first First time I really started thinking seriously about, well, maybe you know who knows, yeah, that's how, a lot of guys start this way, and so who knows where it could go
0: right well uh John buford is a is a personal friend of mine, and so before they they opened up wilderness actually. Refuge was a, a beer that he was homebrewing, and ah. he, he brought the recipe to my bachelor party. Oh, really? Like, my bachelor party was just a, a legendary beer <laughs> throwdown. <you laughs> know, yeah, it really like, was. Like, <laughs> Beckman was there with, like, some insane meads from uh, Bee Nectar at the time. This was... Keg of uh, Speedway style. Yeah. Yeah, 20, <laughs> it was, like, 2012 and, like, really deep into the beer nerd scene yeah. and, you know... Uh, Seeing what what Jonathan was able to do, you know, partnering up with Patrick and them getting that business going, them getting that recognition and just remembering what Refuge tasted like at at that moment. I was like, damn, this is a great beer. Um, But I'm also really proud of what my dad has been able to to dial in with our our own IPA recipe. And if we were ever able to do something really small— uh, that would be ours. You know, that that would be great to to be able to share with our friends, uh, just like those guys are are sharing with this huge network of friends that they they've developed over the last few years. Uh, you know, wanting to be a, a part of that.
1: Yeah, and that's interesting you say that, too. Like, you drinking Refuge from John Buford's homebrew is almost like getting to see, like, Mick Jagger play acoustic before the Rolling <laughs> Stones, right? I mean, maybe that's extreme. Great but yeah. No, that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, wow. I had Because, I mean, look at these guys. They're blowing up now, and they're doing yeah. awesome stuff for, for the beer industry. I mean, not just in Arizona. I mean, across the world, really. I mean, they're doing some oh, really yeah. cool shit.
0: I, w- I was teaching... Uh, I took a couple years and was teaching with the University of Maryland on military installations. And uh, I was seeing uh, a wilderness collaboration in Spain. And yeah. I called up the guy. I was like, damn, yeah. you are doing work. Like, yeah. this, this beer is delicious. And uh, then my next assignment was in England. And they were over at uh, Beavertown yeah. with the uh, Rainbows Festival. And I was like, holy shit, this is international. Yeah. Like, this is global what you're doing, and this this community, the the whole world is brought together by delicious ingredients for the people that are looking out for that type of thing. Yeah. And for Arizona to be recognized in that way, that that's pretty amazing because I, I remember there was a period of time when we had moved out here, and I had visited here a lot and always loved the desert, and I remember, like, Thunder Canyon was this, like, number one, rated beer and went down to to have their their stout and yeah it it was delicious yeah and you knew that there was the potential there like when when they were doing at four peaks when they were do their barley wine on the first of every month and that barley wine was amazing yeah and so it's like when you could have those moments where you you saw that spark uh there was eventually going to be some fire yeah. And it's it's an inferno right now. It's incredible to to see what's going on at at places uh, all over the valley. You know, Flagstaff yeah. all the way down to Tucson and, and obviously what's happening out in uh tombstone as well and the the uh the sake like Oh yeah. Like I wanna all get up over there it's superstition. Up place, yeah. It's just it it's so mind blowing what's yeah. happening in Arizona. We're really changing people's minds and uh, if we can be a tiny part of that uh, professionally, that, that's really the pinnacle for us.
1: Yeah, We well, guys are on the right path for sure. And and um, you you said you you're uh, professor, college professor, right?
0: Indeed, that, and, I'm I'm still teaching. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still affiliated with uh, Arizona State University. I, I teach graduate film courses there, so hence the uh, the Cine part of our original design, and now the limelight. Limelight is inspired by, you know, the old, like, gas lamp system, how they would project cinema in early days. Oh, so that's where the, the name comes from. It's a little piece of, of film history. Okay. Gotcha. And now we're, we're drinking our our cream ale with—Dustin uh, just brought over some some limes to put in it. The, yeah. the fresh citrus with the cream ale, it's such a great Arizona marriage yeah. with uh, the bounty of citrus that we have.
1: That's right. right? And, when, and when Chef gets here, we're going to talk with him about those ingredients that he— has available to you guys. Cause that's awesome. That's to be able for you guys to be able to connect with, with Kevin Binkley.
0: And that was probably the, the biggest compliment to us, um, you know, with the, the prospect of being able to do this professionally is, uh, Kevin and I are, are personal friends. My husband, uh, co-owns an art gallery called Barnard David in, uh, old town Scottsdale. And they used to supply the art to, uh, be on consignment in Binkley's original restaurant in Cave Creek. Yeah. So we knew him when he was catering events for people from the art museum and in the community up there. And so through that relationship, um, you know, he started hanging out with us uh, personally and eventually tried our home brew, which I was so scared to even have him try. <laughs> I mean, he, it, it's, really, it's yeah. really intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> and, and my dad hadn't really, like, eaten at his restaurant, didn't kind of know what, what Kevin was doing professionally. And so I thought that that was the best thing because he would have been terrified as yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: it's your buddy Kevin. All right, come on over, Kevin. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so um, for him to to like our beer, well, not only like it, I guess he'll, he'll be able to, describe his own opinion but for him to compliment us enough to not only encourage us over the years but to get to a point where he was saying like let's put this in as our house beer at Binkley's. Yeah. I want to be lo- working with people on a really small level and you all are the the guys that are kind of personifying what we wanted to to do, uh, essentially just home brewing for Binkley's restaurant, which is just a tiny uh, little house. It's right. It's like a mile away from where I live in, in central yeah. Phoenix. So it's really the community. It's like going over to somebody's house to eat.
1: Yeah. I'll be honest. I'm a, I'm a little embarrassed. I might not tell him I haven't been there yet. <laughs> <haven't> been there. <laughs>
2: Dale, we'll get you in soon. You really need to go. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's an eye opener, really the yeah. things that people are doing, you know, and, right. the, and the artistic expression is I had no idea yeah until i went and uh, and like i say it's it's eye-opening the whole experience really and and like nick said to to be invited to be part of that yeah it really means a lot i mean it means a lot to me it's a it's quite an experience to be around those people with that level of commitment and and the, their artistic abilities it's just uh, i mean what could be better
1: right right and then just that inspiration that you get too. absolutely from, from absolutely. the passion that they put into every aspect. 100 percent. yeah um so so at this point you're you're retired dale that's that, correct right yes. yeah so you're you're launching you're you're the the full-time guy on on uh, limelight while nick still watches movies no we both yeah no we both contribute
2: us uh you know like i say it's been it's been an ongoing thing and uh we've really enjoyed it i mean we that's the time we get together and brew that's about it it's a day i mean it's a sure. six hours uh sitting down and and putting a beer together and and then letting nature kind of handle the rest uh keeping an eye on that but yeah it's been a it's it's been a great father-son uh thing and and uh you know just uh just just a the love of the craft and and even the the industry i mean uh Something that something that I noticed early on. I actually went to brewing school and I okay. and I and I met with a lot of people that are in the industry in, in, in a big way. And what I love about it is is the um in the brewing industry there isn't a lot of competition that I've noticed. I mean they're willing yeah. to share. Yeah. Just about better. everything. That's true. Hey, hey you want my recipe? Here yeah. you go. Yeah. I mean, nobody's trying to hide anything or have a secret, anything. Everybody shares everything, and, it, and yeah. I think that's going to be a hard thing to find. You could sit down and say, you know, whatever you're into, whatever you're doing, uh, it's probably a little more competitive, right? But, but in this industry, the people that are involved, uh, almost to the person, seem to be open about what they're they they love it. They're open. They, I mean, they're you know they're. They're not trying to cut each other's throat. I mean, I think you're going to find that in a lot of places in this oh, world. For sure, yeah. yeah. I spent 20 years in the military. Right. I tell you, you know, <laughs> but uh, that that's really attractive too. You know, being involved in something where where people are, uh, you know, open arms. Yeah, really. It's a
1: community. Oh man, right? you're not on an island by yourself. It's like, hey, here's what we're, we see. Oh, what you guys are doing. Yeah, you're in it for the right reasons. Will help. Just right? our
2: recent experience here at helio Basin, just a- unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, what Dustin uh, does here and and what he offered to us, I mean, there's that's a perfect example.
1: Yeah. of what I'm talking about. Absolutely. And so, how did that all kind of fall into place?
0: Yeah, we were we were just getting started at Binkley's and starting to advertise that we were going to release some beer there. We'd gotten some information from the city that because Kevin's a restaurant, we'd be able to to brew beer there and. Uh, kind of get around, uh, having this 50,000 gallon marker that you have to have in order to be a commercial brewer. Like a minimum
1: of, yeah, to okay. reach that
0: licensing, it, it's a, a huge barrier to entry. Okay. Gotcha. And we thought we had found a, a way to work around that to just continue brewing on a small level. Yeah. And, you know, we got some, some bad information from the city ah. and so we were kind of reaching out and, uh. You know, talking to the the Brewers Guild, they were really helpful about getting us in touch with a lawyer and just trying to to figure out how we could still be able to ensure that there was beer at at Kevin's restaurant, but then also start to bring in more breweries, I think, into his restaurants. It's something that we're trying to do is what my dad was talking about and, and collaborate with other people in the community, not necessarily... I mean we're we're open to collaborating on different beers but the hugest challenge was trying to scale our recipes in order to meet the the expectations that the uh that the industry was going to have Gotcha okay So we have <laughs> a special Kevin. guest
1: here right now <laughs> Mr Kevin Binkley
0: <laughs> a stolen vehicle That's right It took a little longer <laughs> than oh, I man. thought <laughs> Oh no that Seems to be the drop off point
3: these days I don't know why uh, <laughs>
1: Well, Kevin, thanks for uh, for joining us. Uh, Kevin does not have a beer. Ah, uh, man, we need to get him one. Yeah, I'll fix that. Let's uh, let's go ahead and, let's go ahead and we'll, we'll pause this. We need to hook Kevin up.
0: <laughs> How we became involved with Helio Basin—that we had, you know, started the the big dinner to kind of launch things and, and have some people over at the restaurant and and really test out and see what the response would be. Uh, to people beyond ourselves to see if they they like the beer because what Kevin's doing at the restaurant is it's a drink pairing. The Arizona sake is a part of it and the vision of being able to incorporate different styles of of drinks uh, when you're you're having the meal there. And and maybe Nick and his father needed
3: to have some sort of validation that their beer was good, but we knew it uh, (laughs) before that. We had been serving it for a couple months at that time, Mm -hmm. and the response has been overwhelming. I mean, it's really been... It's great. They've been making great beer forever, and it's nice that other people get to finally try it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, Kevin, uh, introduce yourself. Thanks for joining in. And
3: Yeah, sure. So my name's Kevin Binkley. I'm the chef and owner of Binkley's Restaurant. I'm also the dishwasher, the plumber, you name it, <laughs> at that restaurant as well. <laughs> but uh, I just love food and love what these guys do, and we're really excited to be working with them
1: well we we held a piece of a story right because we're talking about when when you first uh got introduced to their beer right you you and nick have been friends for a long time Mm -hmm. um and you went over and and dale uh served you your first beer of theirs right well i
3: think (laughs) nick had been giving me beers for years so we knew their beers were pretty great we knew that yeah and uh, you know, we just started the conversation. I think uh, Nick started the conversation, and uh, we were on board since the beginning. You know, I've known Nick for gosh probably about fifteen years yeah. at this point, okay. and really over the years, our friendship has really grown. And I, quite honestly, I trust him more than I trust myself. And yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the beer that he makes has always been great. It's been one of those things. Whenever we've tasted it, it's like, guys, yeah, you need to you need
0: to sell your beer. It's awesome. It needs to get out there. Yeah. Well, it's such a huge compliment because what we're really inspired by uh, beyond amazing ingredients and processes is trying to come up with a recipe that you want to have a few of. You know, drinkability, that's that's such a a buzzword in the community. But there there are so many big beers and, and things with extremely precious ingredients that can be very expensive to produce. And then people want to have, you know, like an ounce or something and share with friends. And that, that's a different uh, approach than what we're trying to come up with. We want you to be able to pair our beer with food. Yes. And we, we want it to be, you know, a part of your evening that I'd love to be able to to screen more movies with people where they can do dinner in a movie down the road, you know, do uh, events like that. But essentially it's always been about combining our interests and the the longer I've known kevin the the more I've become interested in food and and now it's just an adventure sometimes. Like we went to Japan last year, and that was that was like being in a video game or something like <laughs> it was just everything was just eye popping all these ingredients going to the Tuskegee fish market. Like Kevin's waking us up like at six a.m. He's like, "How are you not at the fish market right now?" Just pounding delicious food. <laughs> He'd already been up for three hours thinking about it. Probably it's like Christmas. He friend. caught on. He caught on pretty quick. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's great that you had a guide like Kevin to 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 show you what to look for, right? And what to, really how to appreciate the things, right?
3: I think they're kind of, they, they speak for themselves. Yeah, you know? and, and once you get it, and Nick's just, ex- he's just an excited guy. Like he yeah. loves food. He loves wine. He's just interested. And I love those types of people. Yeah. And um, there's no question, like his, he loves food and loves w- wine. And he loves beer. He loves anything you can consume from, yeah. from what I can <laughs> tell at this point in my life. And the more, it, I think it's kind of, uh, I think it's similar between all three of us. The more we learn about um, our professions, whether it's beer, or, Food, whatever it may be, the more we realize we don't know, and the more that we can grow, and it's exciting to work with people that feel the same way and that are always pushing forward and trying to make something really special.
1: Right, right. Well, how did you get started with food? Like, how did you oh, get God, into this? So I've been doing it since I was 14 years old. <laughs> okay, so, to, yeah.
3: to date myself, I've been doing it for over 31 years. Okay, <laughs> and um, you know, it's I've always loved it, and uh, I would never considered it a profession until I was in college and I had to declare a major. I was a junior. And um, I, my guidance counselor said you got to stop taking music and psychology, and you got to <laughs> you got to commit to something. Yeah. And that's when I, I dropped out and I went to New Orleans and started cooking. I always cooked every, pretty much every job, just about every job I ever had. Yeah. I went to New Orleans and started cooking again. It was cooking with a buddy, and he said, okay. "Why don't you go to culinary school?" And it was like a light bulb went off, and I did. Yeah. So it's been kind of downhill since then. Yeah. But just all about food, my whole life, I just love it, and the more I know about it, the more I love it. so well, we were talking before you right before you got here, actually,
1: I think you were walking by as we were talking about it is how um, inspired these guys are to watch you with your dedication and just deep interest into to your craft you know and that's I mean that says it right there. what you just said you've always been. That's what it's always been about for you, right? Yep,
3: being a a technician. That's what I like to do, making food. Yeah.
1: Twice I've heard that word today. You used it earlier about Dustin, (laughs) technician here too. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, it's, well, I think it blends the the art, right? You were talking about a very artistic side of of creating beer. Same thing with food, right? You also have to have that technical aspect, right? Sure, yeah. Yeah, be able to execute it and have an idea, but if you can't execute it, then yes. I'd like
2: to use the term craftsman. Craftsman, I don't man. know <clears throat> where that you know why I got onto that but uh, the, the art is there but the craftsmanship is something that makes it special I mean and, and it's the time it's the time you put in and the experience uh, it means a lot you know yeah. and if you if you ever have a chance to go to Binkley's I'll, I'll tell you the thing that that really opened my eyes was all the props given to the people that produce the food that they prepare I mean, you literally, and I really never even really thought about it before, but but the whole experience brings everybody into it. Everybody that put in a lot of hard work and craftsmanship yeah. to bring this to the table. I mean, uh, for me, I, you know, I don't even know if I can put a, put a word on that. It really, I mean, it was an experience for me. And uh, it makes me want to, like you said, you know, do better and improve my craftsmanship. I mean, i got a long ways to go, and I know this, and that's half the battle there, too. You know, you don't think you're on top of the world. You know you got a long way to go, and you're willing to work for it because it is work. There, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> make no mistake, you got to spend a day in a brewery or in a restaurant to understand everything that goes into what you just sit down and consume. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot behind that.
0: Yeah, I Dustin think. has this great tattoo that I noticed when we were brewing with him, and it's like on it on his forearm that had to be incredibly (laughs) painful (laughs) but it it, it essentially says like he who works with his hands his head and his uh heart is an artist and i think everybody that i've encountered that is working at that that technical level that's really kind of like the tip of the spear in your industry somebody like kevin is using those three things that his wife amy is growing tomatoes in their garden they never hit the fridge they come directly to the restaurant it's such a a family um, affair over there. Yeah, like, to
2: watch the process of what they do on a nightly basis is really I mean it's incredible. Yeah. And it's- you live right there, Kevin?
1: Yeah, okay. we live
3: about, it takes me longer to to drive to work, than to walk to work, really? which is great, <laughs> yeah, which is awesome, which is great, yeah.
1: It, well, how long has uh, has Binkley's been open? Like when?
3: Well, we our original location we opened May twenty fifth, two thousand four. I'll never forget that okay. date, right. best and worst <laughs> day of my life. Uh, then, uh, but we relocated to the to twenty fourth Street Osborne location, um, December two thousand sixteen.
1: Okay. Okay, gotcha. And and have you you've always lived that, there. No, no, okay. no you moved just, there.
3: Yeah. So at one point we had four restaurants. I was driving up to five hours a day, managing 130 employees, and uh-huh. really created kind of an empire that I wasn't real fond of. Oh, gotcha. And so sold the other you know, three casual restaurants, relocated Binkley's from Cave Creek to our favorite location that we own, which is where we are now. Okay. Which is was Binks Midtown before, and now is Binkley's and. Um, Sold our house and just wanted to be as close as we possibly could just to stop driving and to be able to just walk to and from and be able to get home quickly. And, you know, so sometimes my days start at 830 in the morning and don't finish until, you know, 1230 at night. So being close to home is is great. So I can run home and take a shower halfway through the day. I can actually see my dogs or I can see my wife. and be able to in, enjoy life a little bit more, make it part yeah. of my life as opposed to thinking of work as strictly work. I love what I do. yeah. And we try to create an environment there that will perpetuate that as opposed to make it feel like work. Okay. Unfortunately it is work. There's yeah, no yeah. question about it, but <laughs> yeah. at least it's, it's
0: uh, it's my favorite restaurant I've ever worked in. I like yeah. that.
1: Gotcha. Well that, that's, that's the goal, right? I yeah. Mean, that's yeah. yeah.
0: Well, you, and as a, as a friend, you know, seeing Kevin in the last few years, is just so much happier. And that's what we're really seeking. I think everybody in the industry is trying to just reach a place of safety where you can enjoy uh, what you have and appreciate your community and feel secure that what you're doing is sustainable enough where you'll continue to be able to cook because it's what what you love to do. And if there's a way for my father and I to hold on to this, to be able to have a— a space to brew and, you know, collaborate with people locally. That's really what we want. Uh, yeah. I think we're trying to get away from the, the empire state of mind. We, we definitely just want something that's going to be our, our own and the, the home that we've made here in Arizona. And we want to try and, you know, seek that level of happiness that I see reflected in, in people in the industry that have kind of reached that, that, that realization. Right,
1: right. Well, yeah, and that's um, that's where these guys came in, right? You wanted to have something on your menu that that uh, was exclusive to you, right? Like to your to your restaurant,
3: something something unique and something special. Yeah. So I already knew from tasting their beers in the past that they're they made special beer. Yeah, and to have them something that's you know Binkley's where you we feel like what we create with our food is food. You can't taste anywhere else in the world. And we like to have other things like that. We want people to come to the restaurant for an experience and to try new things. So we have something like limelight brewing on draft where nobody else has even ever seen it before. That's incredible. And especially then once you taste it and you realize how special it really is and how well it works with the food that we're pairing it with. Yeah. It's special. Yeah. When you
1: work with the sake, you were mentioning the sake, uh, what is it? Arizona sake? Yeah. 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 That's pretty awesome. That it is that pretty is, awesome. I mean, he's, the, I think it was ranked the top sake outside of Japan. I think right? that's correct. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I got to get him on the show for sure. I'm going to have to make a trip up that. Is it where Williams or mm-hmm. where's uh, Hobrook? Yeah. No. Hobrook. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so do you kind of, did the food change like as far as the, the approach you took to the food once you had the beer on tap, like to kind of match that or was it just, how, how does that work?
3: No, not necessarily. So the yeah. way the experience typically works at Binkley is you go to three different locations. In the summertime, you start at the bar, and then you move to the dining room, and then to the patio, depending on the weather. Okay. If it's not too hot later at night. But in season, we start on the patio, and then move to the bar, and then move to the main dining room. So finish in the dining room. So when you're in the bar part of your experience, we're doing our take on bar food. So it's a okay. lot of fun, a lot of finger food. And that's where I think the food that we do there lends itself to beer. So okay. we typically do the beer pairing at that part of the experience. And it usually goes for, so our menu is anywhere from 20 to 28 courses, depending on the evening. So a few of the courses will get paired with that beer. And it's pretty It's pretty overwhelming, the response. The people, we knew we, it was great. Yeah. We would have never considered bringing it on if we didn't think it really was. And But to see the response of our guests over the last, gosh, I guess about eight months now, has been pretty awesome. There's yeah. no question, they really appreciate it. They love the uniqueness of it. They love the fact that they're tasting something that they've never had before. And yeah. bottom
0: line is it's just delicious and they recognize that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and part of it's a, you know, playful in that we have a we have a Randall, we have an infuser that we've put on at Binkley's to try and be able to to work with chef to have something that's really malleable. That's why we're starting with the the cream ale. Because we're we're drinking it right now, and Dustin's come up with this way of putting limes in it, which is almost like a corona Yeah, in a way. It makes me feel like I'm on a beach right I now. I didn't know but. if I was supposed to do that or not. I'm
1: like, am I
3: supposed to?
0: Yeah, it, yeah it's pretty delicious, yeah, and it's yeah. something that we, we haven't done at the restaurant. But we tried to do um, something that's going to pair well with like the seafood course. And so to be able to have the the oranges... Just the zest, you know, the oil from that going directly and infusing with the the cream ale when somebody's sitting on the patio and seeing people's reactions to just having, you know, a simple beer like that, you know, the humble cream ale being elevated, uh... With this infusion process, it, it really taps into yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. this idea of you know, using a, a technician's approach to something to to improve it and achieve that particular flavor that you're, you're trying to hit. And if yeah. I may
3: elaborate on what Nick was just saying, <clears throat> to me, so I'm not a big flavored beer guy. Like I, when you can buy them in the can and they're flavored beers, whether they're like, say, orange, like we were just talking about. Or other flavor profiles. To me it always tastes it's it's not to my taste. It tastes okay. old or maybe like it's been over fermented or uh, you get hints of it, but it's not a fresh taste. Okay. So I was um I wasn't a full believer until Nick gave me a taste of it. And the Randall's really, really special the way the the beer ends up working out. So we're, we're putting like the orange zest in there, for instance, like we've been doing. So that's zested hours before the guests get it. And it sits in this this container that the beer then runs through to serve our 20 guests that evening, and say half of them are doing the beverage pairing, so half yeah. of them will get it. So it's this real fresh orange flavor so it's not that tired flavor like you normally get yeah. I think with fruit beers or when they try to make beers with fruit yeah. so it's this incredible freshness and what I've realized when I'm talking to some of our guests is that they have the same reaction that I do like I don't typically like the flavored beers it's kind of dulled down and yeah. old tasting at that point and then they taste that and they're just they're on board they just think it's really special and I totally agree with them it's very different than any other flavoring that we've ever done so the beautiful thing is with that type of setup with the cream ale. It's like he was saying it's kind of malleable we can we can play with the flavor profiles so with the Randall we can change the flavors depending on what's going on the menu so that it pairs better with the particular foods that oh,
1: gotcha. for that so night. not necessarily always lime or what that you can switch it up
0: Yeah we're looking yeah. forward to, to seeing how that that progresses seasonally and that's part of the it's really a collaboration with chef to you know put some beers in front of him and say like hey how do you, how do you think that we should tweak this because he approaches it with so much more experience and from, uh, you know, a, a particular place that we haven't been to yet, Yeah. that hopefully down the road we have that, that level of experience, but it's wonderful to be getting feedback, not only from chef, but from guests as well, Yeah. you know, to say like, here's a suggestion. Uh, it, it's great to be able to tinker with things and become more technical as it goes on. We're so, we're so early in the process still, and we have our own kind of vision of the direction that we want to go in but at the same time we want to be open to feedback always so that we can can hopefully you know be as close to perfection for for what we're seeking to do
2: let me let me throw this in there having dinner at Binkley's is like going to a master chef's house to a party at his house and you're just i mean the experience is just like enjoying of uh, a dinner party with a friend, except that friend
0: is a really bad. Well, ass he's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> knows his exactly. shit. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I'm saying, man. I mean,
2: <laughs> if you get a chance, you really have to experience it. I, I had no idea until I went. Yeah. And now, you know, I, you know, I'm a big advocate. I mean, the because the experience is not just you know chewing and swallowing the food. Right. There And there's a lot going on there, and uh, uh, can't say enough about it. So how do you approach it, Kevin? Like how do you how do you
1: decide what it is you're going to do?
3: Well, thank you, Dale. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's to me, it's it's a restaurant. We're creating food. I'm I'm really proud of what we do, and I'm, you know, I'm humbled. You know, it's it's really it, thank you for saying that. Um, the way we approach our food is we don't feel like there's four seasons a year. We feel like there's 52 weeks in a year, and that every week there's something better than the last. So mm-hmm. we're trying to showcase what's absolutely best right now okay so for the four days that were open over the summer we limit our, reserv- our our days that were open like for instance um july august september we're open on the weekends then we'll do some special events like a cooking class or a wine dinner like we're doing tonight during the week but um, um we try to leave the menu the same for those two days we're real close to it and then the next week we'll change anywhere from 25 to 40 percent of the menu so we really are just working with what we know is going to be great the next week. And a lot of that's relationship built, like working with fishmongers that we've worked with for years that we know we can trust and are going to try to source the best products for us. Working with people that know that we're looking for unique ingredients and trying to push forward and come up with new flavor profiles or combinations or techniques. So a lot of it's, I mean, like Nick was saying earlier, like my wife taking care of the farming side, like... Nick and Dale doing this beer, like Bob McClendon growing this incredible produce in the Valley and getting better at it every year and really taking great care of us, to working with Conoco out of L.A. that's getting fish directly from the Skeegee Fish Market. There's all these different I – mean, I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. But to be able to work with all of these people to bring it to one meal is – really incredible and gratifying to us and where a lot of times we get the credit for it. We shouldn't take it all because we're just one of many artisans that are trying to create something and we're just trying to pull it all together. We're just trying to take all these bits and pieces and I'm just one of many at the restaurant that are trying to make it happen. I'm just the bonehead that opened it <laughs> right. and to be able to have all of these people interested and happy to work with us because really what it ends up being, as uh, Dale was mentioning, identifying where these products come from and why they're special, it's really a collaboration of people all over the world, whether it's the fishermen that caught that tuna out off the yeah. north end of <laughs> Japan or it's Nick brewing the beer on our day that we're closed and I get to go over and taste it, unfortunately. You know, it's right, like right. life's rough, huh? <laughs> right. So, <It's> like <laughs> so I mean, it's, it's really a collaboration. So we're always trying to get better. We're always pushing forward. And we're always trying to work with the best people we possibly can.
1: Yeah. Well, I think um, Dustin was telling me earlier, too, about like, and you were talking about your wife having the farming side of it. You grow a lot of stuff. Is it at the property of the restaurant or at your house
3: or both? Just a fraction of it. It's at the property of the restaurant. Okay. Our house is where it's going to be a majority of it. and We're just okay. finishing the. We just finished it. So the orchard just went in, oh. and I just came from flood irrigation, yeah. and <laughs> and then on um, our tomatoes are coming to the end. So we're so we'll start planting our fall crops now. Yeah. But um, I'm hoping that we can grow 30 to 40% of our produce that we're going to be su- serving nice. this next next year. Yeah. I don't know if that's realistic or not, but I think that's where we can get to with the property that we have.
1: And you think you can continue to grow that, or you think that'll max it out?
3: I uh, we'll, we'll see. I think yeah. that potentially could max it out. I mean, as much as we want to say we're going to use as much local product as possible, and um, it's unrealistic. You know, there's... Yeah. Cocoa does doesn't grow here. We're not going to get chocolate (laughs) from Arizona. We're not going to get raspberries and blueberries that are going to grow in in the Phoenix metropolitan area. It's just not. It's just not viable for it. And to me, you know, it's as much as I want to be local. And really, to me, it's about serving the best ingredients I possibly can. Yeah. So what that translates to is that the local farmers we have these great relationships with, or working with people like Nick and his dad Dale that that we're working directly with these guys and we know that they're special because We have this unique relationship. We get to have something really great. And to us, it's not about, we want it to be local. That's ideal from all the good things that come with it. Not using fossil fuels to transport things across the planet, uh, keeping the money in the local economy, you know, it goes on and on. But the bottom line is we want the best. And the, the best is working with people like Nick and Dale, working with Bob McClendon, You know, working with my wife, who's going to pick things specifically for the restaurant that
0: afternoon that will serve that night. Yeah.
3: You know, that's what I think really
0: separates. I think being compared to a tuna fisherman in northern Japan is like the highest compliment I've ever received. (laughs) It should be. be. I mean, really. (laughs) That's a good one. That's a new level. I'm really humbled you need to make that into a t-shirt somehow right <laughs> <laughs> maybe we will I, I mean the the hard part about being just like a father and son team is we're doing all of this stuff you know trying to figure out the the swag like i'm designing the shirts and stuff and and i know that i can can do better yeah that when i see what what other breweries or you know other t-shirt company what have you are doing i get inspired by that like i want to i want to try and reach that level and it's about every year trying to to do a little bit better uh with what you're starting off with and we haven't started off with with much and i'm i'm really proud of what we've been able to to reach so far in our lifetimes and i have this this vision with uh knowing what kevin's putting in his his front lawn this little orchard that you know i'm gonna ride my bike down to kevin's house it's only like a mile. But that's a huge bike ride for me, but <laughs> <laughs> like, i'm going wow. ride my, I'm going to ride my bike down to Kevin's house and i'm going to pick some you know some fresh oranges from his tree and i'm going to go put them in right next to our beer and that's going to be served for dinner that night and wow. that is mind blowing for me that that's a, a really happy vision of the future
1: yeah. Well, I was going to ask you what's next for you guys, but I think it's the bike ride orange beer thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so what is next? Like what, do you, you say, I know you said you guys each kind of have a vision of a different a little bit different version maybe of, of where you guys see this, but what, yeah, I think the the challenge there's...
0: of what's next is we've gotten through this huge hurdle. Dustin really inviting us to be able to, to scale the beer so that we'd be able to, to have our recipe, his insight for how to be able to, to scale it up. So where Kevin's able to have the, this recipe for the remainder of the year to be able to serve early in the year, and I know that consistency is just a huge part of what he does, that every person that comes to Binkley's is going to get that outstanding experience. We needed to work with somebody like Dustin to scale the recipe. And even though we love our, our small batch IPA, probably our next challenge is figuring out how we can you know, create enough of that IPA through a, you know, a local collaboration, whether it's Helio basin or somebody like rent house or like, we want to, we want to be working with our neighbors essentially. And uh, it was incredibly, uh, you know, flattering, overwhelming, just really speaks to Dustin's character that he sent me a message like immediately after reading that initial article about, um, you know, uh, us being at Binkley's and him saying like, Hey, it, if you're not going to be able to, you know, secure the proper licensing, we, I want to get together with you and figure out how we can, can make this work so that Binkley's is supplied, that you all, you know, get to experience what it's like being a commercial brewer, because that's a huge, huge hurdle. I mean, props to anybody that has gone through all of this and is brewing over 50,000 gallons of beer a year. That is so hard. There's so many barriers to entry, and... Just figuring that piece out where we can, you know, continue to exist, but to do things on a small level, that that's what our next challenge is, is sustaining this. Gotcha. Yeah, it's not just about blowing up blueberry stout in the yeah. garage, right? <laughs> it's encouraging to work with people that are at that level.
2: It really is. Yeah. I mean, it, it helps a lot. Yeah. Once again, it comes out in that community, right? You've
1: got a lot, of, a lot of good people in your corner to help you guys, you know, get to that next level, so. I'm excited to see where you guys go.
2: It's been inspiring; I mean, it really has. Yeah,
1: Kevin for uh, for Binkley's, What's I you know we got the orchard in the in the process. So the uh,
3: idea is to get better yeah. every day and to grow more, so we can have it specifically for us to certain sizes and unique crops. Um, and to um. Try to make the experience better. Like what I preach to our staff frequently is that we're at fifty percent. That we have fifty percent to go, wow. and we'll never reach a hundred. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. just impossible. Mm-hmm. And we'll never be perfect. But how close can we get? What What do we do every day to do that? And there's it's it's the details. You know, the devil's in the details. So it's anything yeah. from better polishing to better service to better food to better products. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a constant battle, is what it is. So. Our hopes are to never plateau. Our hopes are always to be pushing forward.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, because I think if you get to a point where it's like, okay, look, we've made it, I think you're in trouble at that point, right? (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I mean you never do.
3: That's the thing. You never
0: actually you never actually make it. Yeah. That's something I talk about with students. Like being growth oriented. Yeah. That you always want to be growing. And in order to grow, you need to be challenged. And this is a insane challenge for us can we continue (laughs) to provide Kevin Binkley and his amazing restaurant with delicious beer oh yeah that's probably going to take a a lifetime for us to continue to to do to try and reach that challenge and uh, I look forward to that growth absolutely so where where can people find you Uh, on Instagram do you have a uh... (laughs) we are uh, I'm running our social media presence so i can speak to its shortcomings and how i need to grow in that area as well but you you can find us on uh, limelight brewing on uh, instagram and twitter i think we have eight followers (laughs) i'm just so bad at twitter and we're on facebook as well i think that that's where we're probably getting the most outreach and connection from people okay um but we're on those those three main ones and it remains to be seen if I can figure out Snapchat or yeah. anything like that or if it's <laughs> going to be worth it. But, you know, being a part of your podcast as somebody that, that listens periodically, I love the, the Chris Bianco commentary oh, recently yeah. and I, I love what you're doing. So I think that you're... A huge part of this, Eric, and, well, and I really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk with us about our, our kind of small brewing project.
1: Hey, man, there's there's tougher jobs in the world than drinking uh, good beer. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, Dude, Chris Bianca was like, so I went to that. I got invited from by uh, Mark from uh, riba Farms. Uh, he's like, dude, come out to this event. Um, I'm like, I'll set up a podcast. I'll talk to people. First guest was Chris Bianca. I'm like, holy oh, shit. I'm like nervous. <laughs> I'm I
0: like, live across <laughs> the street. He's always in the parking lot, like unloading stuff. Yeah. Like Kevin and I go to the same gym up that way. It's really a community thing in, yeah. in like Midtown Phoenix where I see him like out of his car and he's carrying stuff into Trotto. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> You're Chris Bianca. <laughs> That's amazing. And, and I love that, you know, he he's uh you know, one of these people in our community that that's really pushing the bar, you know, like like Kevin is that we're all looking to to say, like, wow, it, it could be that. Yeah. And yeah. I think Arizona's like right, right in line. There are so many places that are trying to meet that that vision yeah. that uh, to be a tiny part of it. That's really amazing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Kevin, where can we find you? 24th and Osborne, you said it's the restaurant.
3: Yep. OK. And online. Uh <clears throat> <clears throat> binkleysrestaurant.com and I think with our social media I don't actually run it so uh, I think you can maybe you can have Nick do it (laughs) I think you can go to Chef Kevin Binkley for Instagram and I should know this oh (laughs) it's so great I highly recommend following
0: Chef Binkley on Instagram every day I get like pictures of little like crabs coming over from Japan little like white blueberries all these exotic ingredients and what's Instagram? it's a bright spot (laughs) Dale's still on MySpace. Yeah, don't, you know?
2: don't, don't try to get in touch with me on any of those other things <laughs> That's they right.
1: uh, There's nothing wrong with that, Dale. Nothing at all. So, uh, well, guys, thanks for doing this. This is uh, I, I'm always happy to uh, to talk to people. You guys are awesome, doing awesome stuff, and yeah, this is this is great. So. Um, as far as Tap That AZ, you can find us at tapthataz uh, tap dot podcast on Instagram, and then easyfoodandbeer.com too. So that's a, you know, a multimedia platform. We're trying to cover everything Arizona food and beer. Cheers! Cheers, guys!
0: Right, cool. awesome, yeah,
2: absolutely, thank you.